With the pandemic winding down and Lunar New Year just around the corner, opposition party officials are calling for a further reopening links with China. Specifically, the Mini 3 links, which allow for limited postal transport and trade exchanges with, between the island counties of Jingmen and Mazu Islands and select cities in China's Fujian province. But health officials have said that with Beijing only just now easing pandemic measures, China is set to hit a wave of COVID infections, which could give rise to more COVID infections in Taiwan. CECC head Victor Wang led a delegation on a visit to Jimen on Tuesday, where they inspected pandemic measures at the county's port and checked on the capacity of local hospitals. Observers were curious as to whether exchanges with China through the Mini 3 links, suspended in 2020 due to the pandemic, were set to resume. I think this will need to wait for the administrative team to gather together all the information we've provided. Not just the information related to pandemic efforts, but information from every department. After that, a decision can be made. But already, some opposition party officials have met with Chinese officials in Xiamen to discuss resumption of flights in a non-official capacity. The delegation included KMT lawmaker Chen Yujen, Jinmen County Commissioner-elect Chen Fuhai, Lianjiang County Commissioner-elect Wang Zhongming, and People First Party Chair James Song. Chen Yujen said that both sides hoped that many three links could resume as soon as January 1st, and at the latest before the Lunar New Year holiday, so that families could meet for the holiday. Xiamen is ready and Jinmen is ready. We've all made preparations. In fact, we're just waiting for everyone to be on board, and things can open up any time now. Around the Lunar New Year, China should be seeing a wave of infections. Whether to implement additional measures for those entering the border, that's something we need to think about. Central authorities appear concerned about an imminent peak in China's case numbers and whether easing entry restrictions could bring domestic cases back up. A lawmaker says China's recent suspension of Taiwanese imports is another factor to consider before resuming the mini three links. Asking the central government to reopen the mini three links at this juncture is quite strange. It would be in the whole country's interest for local and central governments to carefully discuss the issue together. At a time when cross-strait tensions are high and with the Lunar New Year just around the corner, the question of when to reopen the Mini 3 links with China has become a topic of cross-party contention. China has recently halted imports of food from several Taiwanese producers, saying it requires additional documents from the companies. The Taiwanese government has accused China of imposing administrative barriers to trade and threatened to take the issue to the WTO. In the meantime, some Taiwanese companies have decided to quit the China market rather than comply with China's new rules or wait for the issue to be resolved. Let's hear from different companies on how they are dealing with the issue. As the door opens, customers are already lined up outside this shop. This is Taipei's Jiade Bakery, famous for its pineapple cakes. Following China's recent import suspension on several Taiwanese products, Jiade has made the news for saying it won't try to provide the supplementary documents Chinese authorities are asking for to sell their products across the strait. I think it's great. If I were them, I'd do the same thing. I made the trip here from the U.S., so I came over to support them. Long-term customers of Jiada support its position and patriotic spirit. The cake maker says its roots are in Taiwan and it will further develop in this market. Jiada on Tuesday spoke with the press on its stance on exports. 
Originally, we didn't export to any other country. Our priority is our local customers as well as tourists, tourists from all over the world. We now turn to another food producer, 88-year industry veteran Imei Foods. Imei General Manager Gao Zhiming says the company decided to pull out of China two years ago after the customs agency required documents that touched upon trade secrets. We've never sold to China. Our boss is very supportive of Taiwan, and he's never been to China. He's very adamant about this. If I'm selling to some market and encountering all manner of difficulties, then I may as well just sell to a different market that is more open and transparent. That will also reduce my business risks. Yuna President has also spoken on the issue, saying that some of its products are produced in China, so it can serve the Chinese market directly without importing. Tyson Enterprise has also said it can serve the Chinese market through its factory in Zhangzhou City and will not be affected by trade disruptions. China's disruption of Taiwanese food imports has set off a domino effect. For some Taiwanese food producers, it's a crisis, but also a turning point. Shares for bicycle manufacturers and their suppliers plummeted on Tuesday amid reports of high inventory levels and slowing sales after COVID. The drop comes a day after leading Taiwan manufacturer Giant sent a letter to suppliers requesting a payment deadline extension of 45 days. Though on Tuesday, the bike maker said the inventory situation will return to normal in the first half of 2023, analysts are not so optimistic. The pandemic was a boon for the bicycle industry, but now that COVID restrictions are getting lifted, orders for bikes are plummeting. The world's biggest bike maker, Giant, recently contacted its suppliers, asking to extend its payment deadlines by 45 days for shipments between December 2022 and March 2023. The letter sent by Giant to its suppliers says that orders had collapsed like an avalanche overnight. It explains that with inventory levels at their highest level since 1970, the company and its clients are struggling to make payment deadlines due to cash shortages. Giant adds that its clients have also asked for longer payment periods of 120 days. Cargo is getting stuck at customs both in the U.S. and in Europe. Normalcy returned in the second half of the year, and many industries ended up clearing their inventories. It must be that Giant had never experienced something like this before, but I'm sure that it won't be a big problem, seeing as how the company has more than 13 billion NT in cash. Giant released a statement addressing its letter to suppliers, stressing that it expects inventory levels to return to normal in the first half of 2023. Even then, it was too late to convince investors. Over in the stock market, the company's shares opened low and hit limit down. Shares for other bike makers such as Merida and Ideal Bike and suppliers such as Li Qi Enterprises and KMC International closed down by at least 5%. An analyst offered a conservative outlook on the bike sector's performance for 2023. I think the coming six months will be an important period to observe the situation. Currently, it seems that firms in the electronic sector, such as TV, PC and laptop companies, are still clearing their inventories. That also applies to sports equipment firms. The analyst says revenues in the first half of the year and inventory levels will be indicators for the industry's performance. He adds that the bicycle industry was one of the biggest beneficiaries of the pandemic. 
but that now that COVID is waning, it's time to return to pre-pandemic levels. He adds that sales in the consumer market will likely not be too high next year due to the impact of inflation. Tiffany Jian has traveled to some 50 countries, but she didn't fall in love with any of them at first sight until she saw Mexico's beaches. The country's sunny seaside spots have since inspired her to create her own restaurant in Taipei with themes that evoke Mexico's beautiful coasts. The restaurant serves up both Mexican cuisine and drinks. FTV reporter Stephanie Yang spoke with Chen to find out what it was like creating her own restaurant and how she managed to stay afloat during the COVID pandemic. She takes the beef chili taco and places cheese on top of it. Then she melts the cheese with a torch. This taco is ready to be served. There's also Mexican grilled chicken and fries, jalapeno cheese balls, strawberry milkshakes, and more. This is Tiffany Chen, the founder of this Mexican restaurant. She fell in love with the nation's beaches after spending a month in a North American nation, exploring its coastline and tourist spots and trying out its cuisine. She loved her experience so much that she decided to create her own Mexican beach-themed restaurant in Taipei in 2019. I love Mexican cuisine so much and that's why I started to learn how to cook uh, Mexican food. I enjoy the sunbathing so much and I couldn't get enough of the stunning beaches and therefore creating my own beach bar in the city. The restaurant is inspired by the beaches of Mexico. Not only is the floor covered with sand, but there's also a comfortable lounge sofa for people to sit on. The bar is shaped like a Mexican straw bungalow. Food, uh, tables, Curtains, chairs, uh, stools, everything, I just do it by myself because I love to decorate uh, like a indoor space. Yeah, that's why I, I try my best to show how Mexican style is. However, with success comes hardship. Three months after the grand opening, the COVID pandemic struck and Taiwan's restaurants began to close one by one. This forced Chen to change her marketing strategy. She began to sell tea along with her original food cocktails. She also tried experimenting with social media platforms and partnered with delivery platforms. After four months of hard work, she successfully pivoted and transformed her business. Three months following our grand opening, we were hit with COVID-19. We do a lot of changes, like uh, learning, learning use how to Instagram and uh, Facebook, responding comments and problems, and creating images and the problems. That's kind of very big change for me. Chien hopes that her restaurant can become the main hotspot in the nation's capital for all those people who are craving for a taste of Mexico. FTV reporters Stephanie Yang and Lu Bozhong in Taipei. Kaohsiung Mayor Chen Chimai on Tuesday morning visited Tokyo's Toyosu Market to wrap up his three-day visit to Japan. Chen says he wants to use the market as a blueprint for the renovations currently underway at the market at Qianzhen Fishing Port in Kaohsiung. He says he hopes the renovated market can become a multifunctional and modern tourism landmark for the city. 
Toyosu Market is known as Tokyo's Kitchen and has been dubbed the biggest fish market in the world. It was originally located in the Tsukiji Fish Market and moved to its current spot in 2018. It focuses mainly on wholesale and thus tourists are not allowed to visit. In contrast with its previous location, the market is now in an enclosed space to better maintain a steady temperature to preserve the catch. Small Island Big Song is a collaborative project that compiles music and stories by Austronesian people living on islands across the Indian and Pacific Oceans. For many years now, Taiwanese music pr producer Bawa Chen and Australian filmmaker Tim Cole have been traveling the world to visit indigenous artists and sharing the songs of each of their islands. Already, the duo has produced two award-winning albums which feature music by indigenous musicians. Small Island Big Song is currently on tour in Taiwan, and FTV reporter Stephanie Yang caught up with the producers and musicians to find out more about the project. Taiwanese Ami's musician Puta Pihei and Paiwan artist Sao Zhao Dri take the stage performing two of their original songs. Their first one is about unity. Behind them are videos of indigenous people from Taiwan, Mauritius, Madagascar, Rapa Nui, Papua New Guinea, and more. The second song is about preserving the ocean. The first song, Marasu, which means unity in Taiwan. What we have always wanted to do through this song is to connect Taiwan with the world and then discuss environmental issues, our culture, and let our ethnic group be known in the world. We have a greater power to do what we can to protect the earth and do our part for the earth. The second song is about the ocean, because my hometown is by the ocean, and I have been by the ocean ever since I was a child. In the past few years, I have clearly witnessed the environmental changes of the ocean, so this song is about mourning for the ocean. It's also a reminder for everyone to protect the ocean. These videos were produced by Small Island Big Song. In 2015, Taiwanese producer Bao Bao Chen and Australian music producer and filmmaker Tim Cole set out on a journey to visit artists on their island homes and share their stories and songs through a music video. Throughout the years, they have recorded and filmed over 100 musicians in 16 island nations across the Pacific and Indian Oceans. We've been touring around um, America and Europe this year for four months, but this will be the first time we can actually pull all the elements that we've been dreaming of um, together. Many musicians from right across like Madagascar to Aotearoa, New Zealand, Papua New Guinea, uh, Mauritius, where else? Uh, yeah. Taiwan. It's, we've just been so moved by this story that Taiwan shares right across the Indian and the Pacific Ocean. Like people and their relationships to this region, to nature. And our message is about our relationship to nature, particularly in light of the climate emergency we're all facing right now. And what we can bring to that, you know, through culture, through the way we see ourselves in this world. To show how precious our islands and oceans are, and also to make incredible music. 
small island Big Song explores the cultural connections of the ocean through the Austronesian migration and works with artists around the world to capture the stories and songs of their land. The team has produced two award-winning albums and a feature film. After concluding a 120 days European and American tour, they are now in Taiwan to promote their second and newest album, Our Island. This show at TIFA is big, it's going to be very special for us because this will be the first time actually everyone comes together in Taiwan. Um, for the first time ever, we will have a show at the National Concert Hall. More than 2,000 audience and also um, all the different musicians from different islands coming together. And um, there will be some interactive uh, videos and lighting and, and, and different elements. Small Island Big Song is on tour in Taiwan until the end of the year. They will also be performing at the Taipei International Festival of Arts on April 16, 2023. FTV reporter Stephanie Yang and Liang Junle in Taipei. A real estate company says more and more Taiwanese are purchasing housing in Japan amid the weakening Japanese yen. The company says so far this year is processed 561 such purchases, a record number. The strategy for some buyers is to purchase pre-owned houses in Japan and have them be administered by a property management company. But analysts say that with the agency taking 10% of the rent and other costs, the return on investment may not be as high as expected. Let's hear from a buyer. The weakening of the yen can be quite beneficial for Taiwanese investors that want to bring funds over. I pay the property management company 10% of the rent every month, and they administer everything related to the tenants. Of course, overall, the return on investment won't be that high. A 4 to 5% return on investment isn't too shabby in Japan. In Japan, there are property taxes and urban planning taxes. Besides the taxes, there is also management fees and the funds for repairs. There is another thing to consider, which is that if you want to sell in the future, they may not necessarily be someone willing to take over. Buyers tend to focus on the 23 wards of Tokyo, which have convenient transport links and plenty of amenities. They include areas like Takadano Baba, Waseda, Ueno and Asakusa. Analysts warn that most properties are at least 30 years old, meaning selling them off in the future could be a problem, especially since Japanese locals tend to prefer renting over buying. If you're already wrapping up warm with the current chilly weather, you'd better brace for impact, as lows are set to get even lower over the weekend. Starting Saturday, northern Taiwan could see temperatures dip to 8 degrees or even lower in open coastal areas. And with the cold weather comes higher risk for cardiovascular disease. Doctors warn that to minimize risk factors, it's best to warm up and stretch before getting out of bed in the morning and not stay up too late watching the World Cup. It's cold and wet in the north. Locals head out fully geared with umbrellas, thick coats and gloves. This gloomy weather will last until Thursday, with some respite coming afternoon. But the Central Weather Bureau says the lowest temperatures so far this season will come on Saturday, with lows of 7 degrees in Mazu and lows of 8 degrees in central Taiwan, northern Taiwan and the northeast coast. Southern Taiwan could see temperatures dip to 11 degrees. In Taidong and Penghu, lows will stay between 12 and 13. 
Open areas along the coast could see temperatures two to three degrees lower. From Friday evening to Saturday, temperatures all around the island will be noticeably lower, with chilly weather coming in. The cold air current will impact Taiwan from Saturday to the early hours of Monday next week. With lower temperatures comes higher risk of cardiovascular disease. When it gets cold and there are big swings in temperatures, we see an increase in patients with cardiovascular disease. The doctor says people with high blood pressure, high blood sugar, and high cholesterol should be particularly careful when getting up in the morning. We teach people to put some warm clothes next to their bed to stay warm in the morning, or they can stay in bed and do some small exercises to warm up before getting out of bed slowly. This year, football fans in Taiwan have to stay up at night if they want to watch live broadcasts of the FIFA World Cup. The doctor warns that staying up late and the cold in the morning could be a recipe for cardiovascular disease. If you're staying up late into the night, perhaps watching the football games that keep you on edge, that can stimulate your sympathetic nervous system, making your heart beat faster and driving up your blood pressure. If you also aren't getting enough rest, it could lead to severe consequences. With chilly weather on the horizon, it's time to take the thick coats out of the wardrobe and wrap up warm.